What's happening, friends? Welcome to another edition of Syracuse Basketball Postgame, presented by Krause Health, the official healthcare partner for SU Athletics. We have got a lot to go over here af- uh, after the first loss at the JMA Wireless Dome this year by either the Syracuse men's or women's basketball team, for that matter, as Florida State takes down Syracuse 85-69. to We're going to hear from our Syracuse Sports Insiders uh, coming up here as the show goes along. But first, we are going to hear from, speaking of an insider, Donna DeTota. She's still at the Dome. And she's in the locker room there. This is the visitor's locker room, which is extremely small. If you can get a good look at it here, that's it for all. Well, that's kids. it, huh? That's, that's the entire the entirety of the locker room. Yeah, look at that. Really okay. See, this is what you get yeah. on the show, folks. A little behind the scenes look, <laughs> yeah. cramped locker room. Very uh, small. Donna. Donna, very comfortable in the locker room, of course, having uh, played basketball in the past. Any 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 vivid memories of your playing days just flooding back in your head right now, Donna? Or? Uh, no, 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 not so much. Yeah. Well, we've got a lot to go over here in this one. Uh, there's a lot of stats that pop off the page and I want to start there, Donna, what in particular to you really stood out as to why uh, Syracuse uh, fell tonight to the Seminoles, uh, 85, 69 being the final well, score. I mean, I found this 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 stat to be incredible. So Jameer Watkins, who was a six foot seven guard, uh, had, like one of the more remarkable, he scored 27 points, uh, had 11 rebounds and played not quite 29 minutes tonight. Wow. Yeah. That, that's pretty, that, that is, uh, that that's pops getting it off done. right there. That's getting it done. Yeah. And that shows you, you know, there have been times this year where certainly Syracuse's lack of interior play has not hurt them. Like the past couple of games when they're hitting a bunch of threes and it kind of hides that flaw. But then there are times it really stands out. And Donna Watkins, like, okay, can we put him in that conversation now as one of the emerging talents, one of the better players in the ACC? And I know there's a lot of transfers out there that make an instant impact. Some of them take a little bit longer to make an impact. Uh, He is certainly uh, doing that for Florida State. Uh, Where would you kind of place I mean, him in that in that conversation now the thing i love about him is he's a big guard like he's six seven i mean syracuse tried jj starling on him they tried kyle cuff on him try to get a, you know, somebody who had a little bit better leverage probably and who's kyle's actually a pretty good defender and like nobody had any idea how to guard him he was just putting the ball on the floor driving it he, he made two threes um you know he just was really really good i mean florida state was just a lot better than syracuse was particularly in the second half on offense they got a couple of things on tr- in transition because syracuse turned it over late in the game um, but they also uh you know just moved the ball they moved the ball better they had 15 assists today um and they just were they were better they were the better team particularly in the second half today move the ball that's something syracuse really struggled to do donna the assist to turnover ratio in this one i believe they had seven assists to 16 turnovers yeah that's not what you want and when you look at a box score and you see judah mince is 28 points you want that to be a good thing but that kind of demonstrated the difficulty syracuse had moving the ball like essentially he was the offense tonight why did they feel like that that one-on-one thing and i think autry said in in post game that's not what they wanted to do but that's right. pretty much what we saw all game long in this one. How come it ended up to basically being the Judah Mint show on offense? Well, I think in the first half, um, both he and JJ drove it a little bit. I mean, they, they were clearly going to drive the ball today. They, 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 you know, they talked about how Florida State was overplaying the passing lanes. It was hard to get a pass in there. It was hard to move the ball. I don't think they tried all that hard to do it. Um, but they wanted to get to the line. I mean, and they went to, got to the line a ton in the first half, and they just couldn't make any free throws. 
Um, and so, I mean, it wasn't necessarily terrible strategy, except in the second half, I think the ball was, Judah was so ball dominant in that half that they became pretty easy to guard. I mean, I think it was toward the end of, you know, I think the score was, you know, it was maybe like a three or four point game. And then um, Judah drove, they had two guys standing there. They, they stopped, stopped the ball and they went down and got a dunk. And then that was it. The game was over at that point. Um, you know, so I think they just got a little bit easy, easier to guard because they were so one dimensional. You know, the ball didn't move. Um, nobody really got involved in the offense. And, uh, you know, they just they just sort of stagnated. Don, it's no secret that Leonard Hamilton plays a lot of guys, right? We know this. He's going to go deep on that bench. They're going to play 12, 13 guys. But it really seemed to wear Syracuse down in this game. People were wondering, did they put too much into the Miami game on Saturday? And it's funny, like you and I spoke when you were in Hawaii, and they come back from Hawaii and played a great game against LSU. So go figure. And it was pretty much the same time frame between that game and this one. So I don't know I, if I, Miami I, had anything to do with it. Yeah, I don't even understand. I don't even understand that really. And that game was yeah. three days ago. Right. Um, so this I was Florida State. Yeah, that, and what they did, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't see how that could have possibly affected um, the game today. That was days ago, and you know these teams are playing every few days. You know that's what that's how it is in college basketball. I mean, it wasn't like they played Saturday, Monday. You know, they had an extra day in there. A lot of teams play Saturday, right. Monday. Um, and I just don't think that had any effect at all whatsoever on it. I but think the Florida State was better. They were just a better team today. They, yeah. they played. They were they were tougher. They, you know, they, they committed 24 fouls in this game. They were, it was a very physical, um, you know, when, when you're playing 10 guys, you know, it's okay to <laughs> kind of hack about in there because you got a bunch of other guys that you're going to put in, you know. So I think that they it was a very physical game. I think they – they were just, you know, just a tougher team today, particularly in the second half. What were some of the things that uh, stood out to you that uh, both Coach Autry said and, and some things you heard in the locker room afterwards? Uh, you know, I mean, I think, you know, he, he talked about the ball stalling, and I think some of the guys in the locker room talked about that too. Um, you know, they, I just think – I don't think – I don't know if there was anything, one particular thing that happened in this game today. I think Forrest had just played better. You know, uh, Adrian had talked about, you know, they just they didn't make anything. They didn't make free throws. They didn't make threes. They didn't take a lot of threes. Um, it just was one of those days when Syracuse just did not play well. And Florida State played well. Florida State's playing has come in here playing pretty well. I mean, they lost to Clemson at home. But I think they had won like four or five or six straight or something before that. Five of the last six games. coming in. Yeah, yeah. They, they had won a couple games on the road, too, during that stretch. So they came in here playing well. You know, they got Primo Spears back, who um, in, in like late December, a guy who played at Georgetown, who played before that at Duquesne. So it was a, it was like the two-time transfer guy, you know, and he wasn't going to get going to be allowed to play. And then until suddenly he was, until the NCAA sort of said, "Well, we're basically letting everybody play because they were getting sued and the whole." That's a completely different podcast, friend. <laughs> um, but you know, so he has really, I think, made a difference for them. You know, he's another guy who can shoot it. He can handle the ball a little bit. He guarded Judah. Um, you know, he's a, he's a really nice player was, was a really nice player for them. And they got, they got a bunch of contributions from a bunch of guys. I mean, they just played well. Donna, one last thing, and maybe this could be it, but I wanted to ask because coming into this game, Syracuse had to combine 22, three pointers in their previous two. They go one of 14 tonight. Was that just one of those nights or was there something Florida state was doing that was preventing Syracuse from getting the looks they wanted from three point range? You mentioned they wanted to drive and take advantage of that, but man, they, one of 14 is, is still pretty bad regardless. I mean, they didn't get take a lot of threes. I mean, they only took 14 threes. It's just not a lot. You know, I don't think they got a ton of 
open look. So I don't think that they really moved the ball enough to try to get anybody open to get a good look, really. I mean, they just, they were pretty focused on driving the ball today. And, you know, they could have kicked it out, I think, more than they did. Um, but, I, you know, I don't know. I, did, I just think part of it was um, a Florida State really discouraged them on the defensive end, on the offensive end. Like, they, they just couldn't run an offense except for due to driving. And I think that really just sort of boiled over into, into a, like, a frustration of at the end of the game, you know, and they, it just gets harder to guard when you can't make anything yourself. Donna, thank you. Uh, the report live from the, the winning locker room in this yeah, case, the, the visiting locker room, locker room yeah. Yeah. In, in this one. And uh, if I don't see it beforehand, I will see you Saturday at the Dome, third straight at, at home for the Orange. Yeah. Another big, important game coming up. They're all big and they're all important at this they're point. They're all big and they're all important. Exactly right. Thank you, Donna. We'll see you soon. All right. Bye. There she goes. Donna DeTota, folks. The Hall of Famer, Donna DeTota. Always great when you can have a Hall of Famer on the show, live from the JMA Wireless Dome. So a few points here uh, that I want to uh, expand off of what Donna said, uh, give you a couple things that Adrian Autry said, and then hear from our Syracuse Sports Insiders shortly okay so a few things here and and donna and i went over a couple of these briefly but let's look into this when this team loses they really lose now the easy answer to this you're going to find as we go through it but i want to go uh to this real quick here now this is a quad three loss for syracuse as every game's important when you're chasing down trying to get into the bubble conversation this could move up to a quad two the way florida state is playing as Donna noted, how well they were playing coming into this game, having won five of their last six, so they've now won six of their last seven. And if they pull off a couple of quality more wins, they're going to bump up. So this, I think, will become a quad two loss, but a quad three loss, not what you're looking for right now if you're Syracuse. Six losses this year for the Orange. Tennessee, Gonzaga, Virginia, Duke, Carolina, Florida State. Those losses have been by an average of 21.6 points per game. When this team loses... They lose. If it's 12 points or less, it's a close game, as we saw against Miami in in the previous game to this. They've got a shot. With seven minutes to go in this game, I tweeted this and looked at the situation. I'm like, man, it's 65-60, to despite all the numbers that were piling up that were working against Syracuse in this game. Then, of course, Florida State just wore this team down, just wore them out. I don't know what it was. It happens some nights. Certainly style of play applies here. Florida State presses almost more than anybody in the country, so you got to factor that in. Uh, Syracuse has done this a time or two this year. When they lose their confidence and they just kind of fall apart, the wheels come off in the second half of these games, right? But Florida State not only was the better team tonight, they had the better legs. Syracuse just didn't have it. They had heavy legs. You could see it. They were worn down. That strategy that... Leonard Hamilton puts into place really worked tonight. So I wanted to mention that stat. I don't like what we saw offensively from this team. I mean, Judah Mintz at 28 points and had a couple of thunder dunks. He did a terrific job getting to the free throw line. Trust me, we will get to the free throws. Brent, how could he be this far into the show and hadn't even mentioned free throws matter? Well, we will certainly get to that. But I just don't like when Judah has 28 points and three assists, right? Sometimes, and you've heard me say this before, and I'm going to say it again. Sometimes Judah minces the offense, and sometimes he runs the offense. What we saw prior to this game was more Judah Mintz running the offense with a mix of being the offense. Tonight, he had to be the offense. And 
Donna brought it up. The reasons they wanted to drive, get inside, only took 14 three-pointers in this game. But I hate when he's just the offense and it's just one-on-one ball. There's no ball movement. There's no fluidity on offense. This is a trait that he has inherited from, and I'm talking about Adrian Autry now, from the Bayheim era. Now, of course, it's going to take time for Autry to put his full implemented style into play. It is not going to happen through January 23rd of his first season. He has done an excellent job, frankly, of changing the defensive identity of this team to man-to-man defense. They did have to play some zone tonight. It didn't work, and they got out of it quickly when it didn't, right? But they've done a good job with that. But what Autry's got to implement, and I understand they recruited these players for a certain purpose, to not only play for Jim Beheim, but eventually for Autry in a certain way. So you got to stick with that. You can't just completely throw a monkey wrench into the whole thing and, and you know, into the spokes and let the, the bike go off the road here. But you've got to have some resemblance of ball movement, of offense. I brought up the assist-to-turnover ratio, and I think this is when Syracuse is at its worst, frankly when it's just one-on-one ball, when there's no passing, when it's just who's going to play the hero on this possession. Judah had 28 points. Hey, good for him. But when you see 28 points to three assists, when you see 28 points in the way they played this game, that's where I think people get frustrated because we saw way too much of that in the end of the Bayheim era in these games. And I feel like the one thing Autry's got to implement going forward here is more just run an offense that's not just you know the pick at the high screen and and somebody drives in you got to see more of that so something to note there how can you hate 28 points from your offensive star well when he's got to score that way the how matters in that case you know what else matters kids free throws uncle brent tells you all the time hashtag free throws matter syracuse went 22 of 33 from the free throw line that's 66 percent particularly in the first half Syracuse was bad at the free throw line I think it was 11 of 19 at halftime you guys can correct me if I'm wrong there it kept Florida State in the game it gave them life if you go bump into the second half not that Florida State could not have pulled away and won this the way that they clamped down and took this game but if you have a four six eight point cushion versus just what you found yourself in because free throws matter. They add up. They're free points for a reason. This is what I was talking about with Syracuse just didn't have the legs tonight, literally, right? I wanted to go queue up the old Bayheim on basketball VHS tape, which, by the way, is a gem and is still on YouTube. And in that video, Jim Bayheim describes how to shoot free throws as he's shooting free throws. Now, they made this video in, like, 1989, when Jim still had a little game. And he's just, he, I think I counted one time. He made like 38 in a row while he's telling the viewer of Bayheim on basketball how to hit free throws. Maybe they need to go watch that because I saw a lot of guys that weren't, weren't put, the, I mean, I, look, I'm not a coach, but I know you got to put your legs into the shot. But this was before Florida State wore them down. That's what baffled me. There was a lot of missed free throws. Did somebody like tighten the rim about three rungs too much tonight in the dome tonight? I don't know what happened there, but free there's just way too many free points that were lost there. It's not just a clever hashtag, friends. Free throws matter, especially in a game like this when you're not getting the flow offensively. You go one of 14 from three range, and 
they made a combined 22 three-pointers in Syracuse's prior two games coming into this. Now, speaking of which, okay, Justin Taylor. We've got to have an honest conversation about Justin Taylor, and I want to be careful how I do this. I'm not picking on the kid. I'm just talking about production. I'm just talking about what you're doing on the court because that's the thing. Justin Taylor, and guys, I brought this up 10 games ago and have continued to harp on this. He's a bench player. He's not a starter, okay? Now, when Benny Williams is the alternate, alternative, pardon me, you know, Benny's got to bring it, and Benny doesn't always do that. Benny's got his own set of, of, of issues. But in a game like tonight where Benny Williams is eight rebounds, now, Benny played more minutes than Justin Taylor. He had 18 minutes to Justin's 12. Justin Taylor, two points. He took one shot. How does he take one shot in this game? How does a your your marked three point specialist and Chris Bell probably has lapped him there? But when you think of Justin Taylor, the first thing that comes to your mind is he shoots threes. He didn't even attempt one in this game. He goes two of two at the free throw line, three fouls, plays twelve minutes. I'm going to go through the numbers here, and again, I'm not trying to pick on him. I'm just giving you the numbers. All right, give me a second to pull it up here, but. Since Syracuse has gone into ACC play, and I get it's not all about points, but, man, when you're on a streak like this, when you're not contributing enough on the offensive end, and he's not the first option, he's not the second option, he might not even be the third option at this point, but when you're regarded as a shooter, because when Adrian Autry has been asked about Taylor, and I did not see what Autry said about Taylor tonight, I did not get a chance to watch the whole press conference. I did not uh, go to the game tonight at the Dome. I had to watch from home tonight. So I was not in Autry's uh, press conference. I was not in the locker room afterwards. So if this got talked about, somebody please bring it to my attention if you see it here, okay? But what Autry has said in the past when he's been asked about Justin Taylor and his struggles is that he's got to shoot his way out of it, right? Implying that it's an offensive thing. Okay, here it is. This is Justin Taylor's point production since Syracuse got into ACC play. 2 1 7 0 6 2 2. The last time Justin Taylor had double figures was when he scored 11 points against Niagara. Even before that, he had a combined seven points in the two games prior to that. He had 15 points against Cornell. Okay. I'm going to look at the three-point numbers at this point. Since Syracuse has gone into ACC play, 0 for 1 against Pitt, 0 for 1 against Duke, 1 for 5 against BC, 0 for 1 at UNC, 2 for 2 at Pitt, 0 for 4 against Miami, didn't even attempt one tonight. Please tell me why he's still a starter on this team. Now, I regret not being there tonight because the question I would want to ask, Autry, the question I would want to ask Jerry McNamara, any other coach that would want to talk to me about this, because what coaches fall back on when a player is struggling like this is, well, he does a lot of things that don't show up in the box score. What are those things? What are those things that don't show up in the box score? And I'm, I'm being genuine here. I'm not being a smart guy. No one's ever accused me of being a smart guy. Trust me. I'm genuinely asking here, okay, if he's not scoring, he has not shot his way out of it. If he's not getting threes, then what is he doing out there? 
Is it defense? Is it rebounding? Is it something else? But that's not why he's out there, okay? Now, that's not to brush aside Chris Bell. Now, Chris Bell has been great for Syracuse in recent games. He was clutch at the end of the Miami game, hitting two threes after he got replaced. Why? Defensively. Chris Bell, I'm sorry, is just not a good defensive player. And that's that's a struggle for Chris. You had, That's a liability. Kyle Cuff gets subbed in for him on defensive situations and in a game where you're one of 14 overall from three-point range. Chris Bell is five points, three rebounds in 27 minutes. That's not good enough, right? Now, Chris Bell's not going to be taken out of the starting lineup anytime soon, but it is such a huge liability that you have to live with at that point. So that's my question. What does he do? Going back to Justin Taylor now, and I guess you can apply this to, to, uh, to Chris Bell in a way. That doesn't show up in the box score. I'm genuinely curious because it doesn't justify being a starting player at this point. He's a bench guy. He he played bench minutes tonight. So sometimes maybe the starting lineup doesn't matter. 12 minutes, those are bench minutes. So maybe I'm kind of answering my own question as we go here. Uh, Quadier Copeland struggled tonight, the hero of the Miami game tonight. He got into foul trouble early. Two fouls in the span of a minute. Sat for a while, only ends up with five points, four rebounds on the night, got four fouls as well. So foul trouble kind of sunk his battleship in this game. J.J. Starling came back down to earth after uh, a terrific stretch of games, just 10 points on the night for him. Okay, I have babbled long enough. Let us hear from our terrific Syracuse Sports Insiders. And you should become a Syracuse Sports Insider today, friends. Just text the word ORANGE to 315-847-3895, and you get a direct link to me. Another great night of texts coming in throughout the game, seeing what you're talking about. We always have a good halftime conversation. This was a busy news day. Okay, we're talking here on Tuesday night live, but uh, whenever you're, you're watching or listening to this Tuesday, we got a lot of football news. We found out who the new uh, non-conference opponent for Syracuse was going to be. Our Syracuse Sports Insiders got a heads up on that. I actually told you guys Monday, because a lot of you were asking. I said, yep, the opponent's locked in. I'm trying to find out who it is. You're going to know in the next day or two. Bam, we got it today, right? The news came in on that, some other football scheduling things. Donnie Freeman, incoming Syracuse freshman, McDonald's All-American. Like, you get that news and that analysis, and it's sent right to your phone as a Syracuse Sports Insider. You can ask me questions anytime you want. You can ask my opinions anytime you want. Just send me a text as a Syracuse Sports Insider. Join today at 315-847-3895. Text the word ORANGE to that number. You'll get a link to sign up. Two weeks free. And then it's just $3.99 a month after that. And our Syracuse Sports Insiders get priority on this podcast. We're going to hear from them in just a moment here. I just wanted to throw a couple of quotes from Adrian Autry up there. He admitted they wore us down. They outplayed us in this game. Also saying, quote, our offense was the worst it was the whole year. Judah had the ball a lot. That was not the plan. And then Autry saying, quote, they, uh, being Florida State, play 10-11 guys. They're aggressive. They stay on top. They make every catch hard. Let's hear from Adrian Autry. I wanted to play one clip from him in the locker room 
on how you recover from a loss. You know, we'll look at some stuff, but I think for the most part, you know, uh, you know, we just we got to move on to the next one. You know, we got to get better. We know we got to get better, and we'll work on some things. But we got to get ready for the next one. We got a game on Saturday, then we got another game on Tuesday. So, you know, we just got to get ready for the next one. There you have it, friends. Now let's hear from all the coaches out there, our Syracuse Sports Insiders, starting with Tommy B. Who says no player should leave the dome until they make as many free throws that were missed tonight. Uh, that that just so many of you were texting me. You guys know me. The texters, Twitter. Thank you to uh, Mike Monaco who called the game on ESPN. He gave Uncle Brent a little shout out on ESPN too, as Brent Axe would say. Free throws matter. Of course they do. Always right? Michael L says SU is better when Judah gets 10 points and 13 assists, as opposed to say when he gets 27 points and three assists, in my opinion, they did not have an open three all night, a lot to learn. They'll do better on Saturday. Jack jumps, uh, jumps in to say this half, and he's talking about the first half here, but I wanted to put it out there because I think this kind of played out is showing us they rely way too much on Judah Mintz getting to the line and making his free throws. Our offensive identity is nothing outside of that. You know, how dare me not recognize, as they do in hockey, the three stars of the game, Burt Smith, Tommy Morrissey, and Clarence Armstrong, our officials for tonight. Way too many whistles in this game. There was no flow. I can't believe the score ended up 85-69 the way that it did. Choppy, no flow, 23 whistles in the first half. Guys, come on. Stop it. No one shows up on a Tuesday night at the JMA Wireless Dome or watching on ESPN2 to watch you guys work. Way too many whistles in this game. But Judah's great at getting to the free throw line. You got to give him credit for that. Uh, Scotty K, we uh, too much one-on-one tonight for this team. The ball movement was terrible in the second half. J.J. Starling came back down to earth. Syracuse missed too many free throws. And that's... All she wrote. Kevin S. I love this. Free throws matter. Hashtag turnovers matter. Hashtag shooting matters. Seems we reverted to the one-on-one game. Hashtag assists matter. Seven assists to 16 turnovers tonight. Yowza. Matt S. says, as soon as I start to see growth and real potential games like this happen, I still like the direction Syracuse is heading, but two steps forward and then a giant step back is what this one feels like. David K says, ugly, ugly game. The press disrupted them once across. The offense was stagnant, had some chances to put the game away, but didn't. It counts as just one loss, but we can't afford many more a learning experience for this team. Brian C says, so basically this came down to way too many turnovers, quite a few self-inflicted, poor free throw shooting, and poor three-point shooting as well. My guy TK, sloppy, 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 ball handling, passing, and weak D. Uh, Effort, worst game played this season, outside shooting, non-existent, a very weak, lazy effort. I'd call that North Carolina game probably their worst effort of the year or the Duke game, some of those losses we brought up. But the point stands there, TK. When this team loses, boy, they lose by an average of 21 points per game. By the way, let me put it back on the screen. They said sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. Now I got the, the sloppy Joe song. In my head. 
Adam Sandler. Sloppy Joe, sloppy, sloppy Joe, yeah. Anyway, Johnny Z says, uh, feel like this team just goes down the floor and jacks up shots. The offense, if you can call it that, has no form or shape whatsoever. So here's what I'm struggling with in that case, because this is a young team. But when do they grow up, right? When do juniors, not a lot of them, become seniors? When do sophomores, a lot of them, become juniors? When do freshmen become sophomores? It's now. It's almost February, right? Guys, lacrosse season starts next week. Hello. This is when you got to grow up a bit. They are a young team, but you have to mature and work your way through these things. So when things start to fall apart, that's what results in that stat that I brought up. Now, again, look at some of those losses. Tennessee, Gonzaga, Duke, Carolina. These are some of the best teams in the country. Virginia. Syracuse always struggles against Virginia. Florida State, I would not put in that category. Florida State's a good team, but a team that added to that stat that you lose by an average of 21 points per game, they're not on that level, right? This is that first loss of the year that didn't feel like the others. Which one of these things is not like the other? This game. This game, because those other teams are actually really, really good. Uh, Michael D. says, uh, hear that sound? It's the sound of Syracuse's name being crossed off from bracketology and permanent marker. And he also says, hello from the dome. Not quite Sharpie yet to st- shout out Seth Davis. We're not at Sharpie yet, Michael, but quad three loss, which I think will bump up to a quad two eventually. But yeah, bad loss. So so I started seeing Syracuse pop up on some of those bracketologies this week. Andy Katz put him in his uh, power 36 poll. If they don't beat NC State, get the sharpie and that that's that's a serious blow to this team getting into those february conversations when joe lenardi is a part of our lives every day talking about the bubble so this loss didn't break out the sharpie but it, it does sting now i want to end on this note okay let's see uncle brent's here to help now listen you guys text a lot of great stuff when i have to choose the texts that come on this post-game show and the Syracuse Sports Podcast, it is not an easy process because you guys are so good at this. But Steve really hit me today, and I'm not just putting Steve on here for the following, as you're going to see in a second. He makes a great point here. All right, so let's start with this. My guy, Steve in Omaha, somewhere in middle America. Lots and lots of fouls on both sides which should favor the good guys. But that only matters if you hit them. Honestly, if Florida State didn't go so deep, it would be a bigger advantage. I like this. Steve goes on to say now, in better shape than some other games, like Colgate, could be worse because I want to make the podcast. I'm trying to impress this girl, Brent. Help me out. Steve, that's what I'm here to do. So whoever this girl is, okay, we don't know your name. Steve did not share. Steve just made a Syracuse basketball postgame show presented by Krause Health. That was a brilliant point, and I don't know what's more impressive than that. Steve, you may be familiar, and our regular watchers and viewers and listeners of this program are familiar with Lacey and Lacey's boyfriend, Right. I know what Lacey's boyfriend's name is. I just like to call him Lacey's boyfriend. Lacey's boyfriend 
encourage Lacey to sign up to be a Syracuse Sports Insider. Steve in Omaha, somewhere in middle America. Get your money back at the door. I hope that on a future episode of Syracuse Basketball Postgame Show, or Syracuse Sports for that matter, we're talking about this girl who was so impressed that you got on the postgame show. We're talking about Steve's girlfriend, right? Good luck to you, my friend. That's what I'm here to do. You got to earn your way on there. You don't just text me and be like, hey, I'm trying to impress this girl. And I'm just going to put you on the show. You got to earn it. But you earned it, Steve. Good luck to you, my friend. Valentine's Day is coming up soon. What better way to impress your sweetie than get your text read on this program or just be a Syracuse sports insider in general. Text the word orange to 315-847-3895. You better turn your ticket in and get your money back at the door because Omaha is somewhere in middle America. And now I'm going to have that song in my head the rest of the night. And so are you. But that's a good thing because that's Counting Crows, and Counting Crows are amazing. Okay. Not so amazing tonight, unfortunately, was Syracuse losing to Florida State 85-69. NC State is next. That'll be our next postgame show. Coming up on Saturday, so uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, we are working on some things for uh, uh, programming-wise for Syracuse Sports. Uh, I've had a couple of uh, things going on this week personally, so the schedule got shuffled around a little bit, but uh, we're going to try and crank out a podcast or two before our postgame show on Saturday. Syracuse NC State, that's the third straight home game, so they beat Miami barely. They got throttled tonight eventually by Florida State. We'll see what NC State brings. And what's interesting about that third game is not only it's a third home game for Syracuse, all these teams are in this log jam in the ACC. They flashed it up tonight. And if you listen to the Syracuse Sports Podcast with John Rothstein, CBS Sports Insider, still available to you, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, Rothstein said something that just, I mean, I processed it and we talked about it and a few of you brought it up on the texts, but to see it on the screen tonight, it was kind of startling. Three teams out of the ACC are currently in Joe Lenardi's bracketology, in a lot of bracketologies, maybe four. The Mountain West, the mighty Mountain West, has five teams in right now. Now, here's the thing. The ACC teams that get in, they do well. No conference has been better in the NCAA tournament the past couple of years than the ACC. Final four runs, uh, the record that they showed the stat on the ESPN2 broadcast tonight, but that's still pretty startling. Not J.J. startling. Pretty startling to see that at this point. It's January 23rd, though. Who can work their way into that conversation? So you only got three teams in. You got to win these kind of games because that's a quad three loss now. That if you're a Syracuse fan, so you're, you're hoping Pitt does well the rest of the year. Keep that a quad one win. You're hoping Oregon does well. So that bumps into a quad one. Now you're a big Florida State fan, too, because you want this loss to improve to quad two from what it was and what it stands as we speak as a quad three. Free throws matter, kids. The Orange couldn't hit him tonight. One of 14 from three-point range. Defensive breakdowns. Just a yucky night. We'll see if the Orange can recover when they take on NC State on Saturday at the Dome. Can't wait to talk to you on the post-game show 
following that game, presented by Krause Health, the exclusive healthcare partner of SU Athletics. Thanks to Donna DeToda for joining us. Give us a little behind-the-scenes tour of the visiting locker room at the Dome. Thanks to our Syracuse Sports Insiders and their terrific uh, feedback, not only uh, here for the post-game show, but uh, anytime. Remember, you can text me anytime. And I'll get back to you. And the back and forth has been great. We're adding people every day. And we would love for you to join the club. Remember, it's uh, two weeks free. Try it out for a couple weeks. And then it's just $3.99 a month after that. So thanks to our uh, Syracuse Sports Insiders, a couple of which uh, we went through tonight are uh, new to the club. And Steve, good luck. Good luck, my friend. We hope that that girl is impressed. How could she not be? Come on. Let's go. That's big time to get on this show good luck steve and thanks to everybody who uh was hanging out with us tonight we'll catch you next time i would uh, encourage you to subscribe by the way spotify apple please subscribe to our youtube channel syracuse orange sports syracuse.com where this uh, show broadcasts live and of course all our great youtube videos are the syracuse sports podcast the inside syracuse basketball podcast mike waters is a good one up jim Beheim. Dave Bing, Mike Waters, three Hall of Famers talking basketball. I mean, come on. How does it get better than that? Of course, Dave Bing will be honored on Saturday in the Ring of Honor at the Dome. So that's a great thing to check out before uh, Saturday's game at the Dome. That's when we'll join you next year on Syracuse Basketball Post Game, presented by Krause Health, the exclusive healthcare partner of SU Athletics. Until then.